The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm Kim Tibaldo, CEO of the Cancer Support Community. The Wellness Community and Gilda's Club have united to become the Cancer Support Community, one of the largest providers of cancer support in the United States and around the world. Our services are offered at more than 100 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. Many of you may remember back uh, about a year ago when we all heard the sad news that Vice President Joe Biden has lo- had lost his son, Beau, to brain cancer. And like many of us who are impacted by cancer or who have lost someone so dear to us, Vice President Biden wanted to use his tragedy to create change and help the lives of the millions of Americans who are impacted by cancer. And that's where today's episode begins. On January 12, 2016, President Barack Obama delivered his final State of the Union address. During his historic remarks, President Obama tasked Vice President Biden with leading a moonshot to help end cancer as we know it. A few weeks later, President Obama signed a presidential memorandum establishing the first-ever White House Cancer Moonshot Task Force. Their mission, double the rate of progress in cancer research and treatment. This is an ambitious task, but this task is being carried out by an amazing array of scientists, researchers, advocates, and many others. And I, for one, am excited and inspired by this initiative. Joining us today to explain the goals of the Cancer Moonshot and how it will impact the patient experience are three guests who are intimately involved with this initiative. I've had the opportunity to work with them this past year, and I'm excited to have them here today to share their stories and the important work they are doing. First, we have Annabella Aspiras. Annabella is the Director of Patient Engagement on the Vice President's Cancer Moonshot Task Force. She comes to the White House from New York Presbyterian Hospital, where she worked as a patient services administrator in hematology and oncology. Prior to that, Annabella was a registered nurse working in critical care, emergency medicine, and vascular access. In her role on the task force, Annabella works to ensure that the efforts and deliverables of the Cancer Moonshot are anchored to the patient experience. Annabella received a BA in government and politics at the University of Maryland, a BS in nursing from Johns Hopkins, and an MPA with a focus on healthcare administration from NYU. Welcome to the show, Annabella. Thank you so much, Kim. I'm thrilled to be here. Also joining us today is Danielle Carnival. Danielle is the Chief of Staff and Senior Policy Director for the Cancer Moonshot Task Force. Uh, Danielle came to the White House in 2010 after completing her Ph.D. in neuroscience at Georgetown University. She's helped direct the President's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology and the President's Council on Jobs and Competitiveness. Over the last three years, Danielle has spearheaded the administration's work in supporting science, technology, engineering, and mathematics education, including the launch of major initiatives such as Computer Science for All, and has led successful events, including the White House Science Fair. Danielle holds a B.S. in biochemistry from Boston College, 
College, is originally from Troy, New York, and lives in Washington, D.C. with her husband and her one-year-old son. Welcome, Danielle. Hi, Kim. Our third guest is Ashwani Jane. Ashwani serves as the Deputy White House Liaison at the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, HUD. Uh, in this role, he represents the White House at the federal agency and supports the Secretary and Deputy Secretary's management of HUD by managing the political relationships of their political appointees. Recently, he was selected by Vice President Biden to be the Director of Outreach for the Cancer Moonshot Summit. In this role, Ashwani is charged with planning, organizing, and executing hundreds of regional summits in every state across the country in support of the Vice President's Moonshot Initiative. Prior to this role, Ashwani worked at the White House in the Presidential Personnel Office. He was responsible for representing the White House in politically sensitive engagement with constituency, community, and political leaders from across the country in our efforts to recruit and appoint more qualified, diverse, and unconventional candidates to positions across the executive agencies. A first-generation child of immigrants, Ashwani graduated from the University of Maryland in 2012 after receiving a double degree in business management and political science. He's continually worked in numerous volunteer and staff roles for both of President Obama's campaigns and OFA since February 2007, while also working alongside his parents in their family-owned jewelry business. A survivor of childhood cancer, Ashwani serves his community by performing charity magic shows for the Make-A-Wish Foundation and the American Cancer Society, and he is currently pursuing a Master's in Political Management at George Washington University. Welcome, Ashwani. Thank you so much for having me, Ken. Well, as, as you can see, folks, we've got a bunch of underachievers um, on the show today. <laughs> uh, we want to jump right into this conversation. Danielle, I'm going to start with you. For our listeners who may be unfamiliar or maybe need a refresher, can you tell us what the Cancer Moonshot is? Of course, and Kim, you gave, a, in your introduction, a great framing for kind of how it came about, but the goal is, is simple. It's to increase the pace of progress in the fight against cancer, specifically to double the rate of uh, progress in cancer prevention, in early diagnosis, in uh, treatment options, and in care, providing care. Uh, so anything that, that goes towards those goals is um, under the umbrella of, of really what we're trying to work on as part of the Cancer Moonshot. So, Danielle, some of our listeners may know or remember from back in 1971 when the U.S. declared a war on cancer, President Nixon, another effort to cure cancer. How is the moonshot different, and what do our listeners need to know about where we were at that moment, 1971, and where we are today in 2016? Yeah, well, I would say there's a, a few specific things that, that make us very hopeful about the effort that we're embarking on under Vice President Biden's leadership. One, um, the vice president, as you mentioned, through his personal experience, spent a lot of times with a lot of time with really incredible researchers and physicians across the country. And what he learned from them and was convinced of is that we are at a very interesting and hopefully um, game-changing place in our scientific understanding of cancer, in how to detect it early, in how to treat more types of cancer. Um, and, and to do it in a way that provides better outcomes for patients in the short and long term. Um, so I think the, the incredible work of researchers um, in the interim between 1971 and today allows us to be at a different place where we can have much more hope. Uh, the second thing is that the vice president and, and um, the president and their administration um, have gone about it a little differently. Uh, we did put in a uh, the White House did put forward a budget request um, for nearly a billion additional dollars in 2016 and in fiscal year 2017 
to advance specifically cancer research and, and um, some work at the FDA. Um, but in, in no one's imagination is this effort primarily about additional funding and, and just pushing on research. We have opened up um, the umbrella uh, of where we're trying to make progress and really focusing on things that we can do in partnership with the private sector, that um, hospital centers can do in partnership with one another, that um, centers um, and, and networks like yours at the um, cancer support community can step forward um, and want to do more, more as part of the moonshot. So I think just those two as examples um, mm-hmm. really put us in a different place. And so, Danielle, you really what you're saying is it's not just about increasing government funding to the NCI or to the FDA or government agencies. It really is a national effort that crosses a lot of different uh, disciplines and sectors. That's exactly right, and that's been the the vice president's call as part of this initiative from the beginning, um, that new teams of researchers, new teams of care providers, new teams and collaborations between uh, philanthropists and nonprofits and and those who interact with patients um, on a daily basis should um, are really what we're looking for as part of the moonshot, um, in addition to wonderful sci- and exciting scientific advances. Um, but that it's more than just that, and that we have some fantastic treatments today that aren't reaching all of the patients that, that it, it should reach. And I know Annabella is going to talk more about our efforts in that area, but it's really that it's a different frame, and we want everyone to join us. Great, great, terrific. Ashwani, let me pull you into the conversation. Um, you're a young guy, but I know you have your own personal cancer story and your own connection to cancer. Can you tell us your story, and how does that story really influence what the moonshot means to you? Yeah, absolutely. And again, thanks again for uh, for having us. Uh, so I'm 26 years old, but when I was 13, uh, I was diagnosed and treated with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a cancer that is rarely found in children. And throughout my experience with cancer, from my initial diagnosis to the surgeries, procedures, and treatments that followed, I felt completely out of control. Uh, I was in a continuous state of recovery and never really in a place of victory. I felt hopeless, and I felt powerless. Mm. And I felt that life had treated me unfairly and that I deserved better. Mm. You know, my parents, they felt that they would never see their son again. My sister thought that she would never see her brother again. And I thought that I would never be able to really accomplish anything. Uh, However, a couple years after my treatments were done and I started getting healthier, I started volunteering for the Make-A-Wish Foundation and also for President Obama's first presidential campaign. And it was then where I began to feel a renewed sense of purpose and value. Uh, I I really began to envision a future where I was not limited by my past difficulties, that I could have some control with my life, and that I could help others gain some control with theirs. And fast forward to today, that's really what the moonshot means to me. It's, you know, about giving hope to millions who are affected by cancer and showing them that there is a brighter future ahead if we just work together. And I think that's exactly, you know, what the Moonshot Summit was all about. So, Ashwani, I have to ask you, do your parents tell everybody that they run into that their son works at the White House? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I don't know if they understand exactly what I do yet, but... They'll definitely talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know how those proud Indian parents can be. That's great. That's great. Um, Ashwani, we only have a couple minutes until our first break here, but just tell our listeners how your role really fits into the Moonshot Initiative, what you've been focused on. Yeah, absolutely. So I was lucky enough to be brought on as the Director of Outreach for the Cancer Moonshot Summit that occurred on June 29th. 
And it was my job to really help plan, organize, and execute hundreds of summits in every state across the country to really make sure that every person whose life cancer has touched had a part to play. Uh, as Danielle mentioned, as a, and as you mentioned in the beginning, uh, the Cancer Moonshot Summit was the first time that individuals and organizations in communities around the country, whether they include patients, survivors, researchers, physicians, business leaders, philanthropists, etc., it was the first time that they all convened to create an open dialogue and break down the silos that tend to occur in the cancer community. And the hope is that through those dialogues, we can create new models of collaboration to spur innovation and, and really find new cures. And, you know, the final thing about that is when you talk to patient advocates for diseases like cancer, they'll often mention the lack of political will from those who are elected to lead us. Mm. And so I was honored to be called on by the vice president and his team to, to really boldly declare this administration's political will through this cancer summit. Mm, it's it's very a very powerful statement. The political will, and and obviously with the vice president and his his family tragedy and their their great loss, obviously also a personal will to bring that experience to the fore and and um, and make a difference in the work that's happening. This is frankly speaking about frankly speaking about cancer from the cancer support community. I'm Kim Tebaldo. We're talking about Vice President Joe Biden's cancer moonshot initiative with Ashwani Jane. Uh, Danielle Carnival and Annabella Aspiris. We've got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about some of the big announcements that were made at the summit on June 29th in Washington, D.C., and some of the great activities that have happened around the country um, uh, during that time and since, and really some of the plans for the Moonshot team um, going forward. So we're going to put the team on the spot a little bit with some of those questions, and, and uh, uh, we're going to take a quick break here. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. People living with breast cancer often find it difficult to ask for help, and many of the people in their lives want to help but don't know how. During National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Cancer Support Community is proud to support Meal Trains sponsored by Magnolia, which utilizes Mealtrain.com, a free shared online calendar to streamline the process of giving and receiving meals for families coping with breast cancer. Help us reach our goal of 1,000 new breast cancer-specific meal trains this October. To learn more, visit Mealtrain.com slash MMT and enter the code MAGNOLIAB or visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo. Today's show is sponsored in part by AstraZeneca Lilly Oncology and Insight Corporation. We're talking about something that's been very excited to us here in the cancer community for the last several months. It's the Cancer Moonshot an initiative spearheaded by Vice President Joe Biden to really advance the progress towards a cure for cancer. I'm joined by three guests uh, from the Moonshot Initiative, Annabella Asperis, Director of Patient Engagement for the Cancer Moonshot Task Force, Danielle Carnival, Chief of Staff for the Cancer Moonshot Task Force, and Ashwani Jane, the Director of Outreach for the Cancer Moonshot Summit. Um, Danielle, I just want to, I just want to start with you. And I, you know, we're in this interesting political season where, you know, everybody's into the conventions. We've got, I think, somewhere around 100 days until the um, election. There's so much excitement and momentum around Moonshot. And this may be a difficult question to answer, but, but what will happen, um, you know, after the election and when, when President Obama and Vice President Biden leave office in just a few short months? And again, you may not have answers, but it might be also nice just to hear what the Moonshot team hopes will happen and I you know certainly I know our hope is that this will continue in some way in some form in some way I mean want to continue to be a part of it but is there anything you can share with us at this point yeah sure and and it's something we think a lot about because I think the the response that the vice president got just from his initial mention of it um, to it being uh, launched in the state of the union and, and where we are today we've been overwhelmed by the response from the community, from the researchers, from the patients themselves and, and the families. And we really want to make sure that, that it lasts um, and that, that the momentum is not lost. So we're doing everything we can from the federal government side. We have people who come together um, uh, on a recurring basis who will be here beyond the administration, who will hopefully continue the work um, through the federal agencies and through the work that we've done around the summit and will continue to do throughout the rest of the of the year um, in working with the, the private, nonprofit, philanthropic, academic sectors, um, we hope that those people carry it on um, and that the goals uh, really seem to resonate um, with the community and that those goals um, are continued to be worked on and, and achieved even beyond uh, the this administration. Part of what we launched um, earlier this year is a task force within the federal government who will deliver a report uh, to the president before the end of this calendar year, and that will include a blueprint for how to continue the work um, should the next president want to continue it inside the federal government. Um, So we will have that in place um, and and hope to continue our conversations with those folks outside of the federal government mm-hmm. um, as to how they can really carry this on and, and and ensure that the goals are realized in the long term. Great. We'll certainly sign us up at the Cancer Support Community. Um, Good. Ashwani, um, there was a big event on June 29th in Washington, D.C., the Cancer Moonshot Summit hosted by uh, the Vice President and, and, and summits that took place across the country. Just take a minute to give our listeners a flavor of, of, of the June 29th event in Washington and then also the importance of those summits around the country and maybe some of the themes you know, that are emerging from these summits. Yeah, absolutely. So um, on Wednesday, June 29th, 2016, uh, we were able to host more than 270 summits, reaching all 50 states, D.C., Puerto Rico, Guam, and more than 6,000 attendees. And these summits were being hosted by individuals, 
the wonderful folks at the cancer support community, um, the regional directors of Health and Human Services, volunteers at the American Cancer Society, other cancer centers and medical colleges, cancer research centers, and other patient advocate organizations. And like mentioned before, these summits really brought communities together to discuss how cancer affects them, have them share input for the Cancer Moonshot Initiative, generate ideas about how individuals and organizations can better engage in the national effort, and also really create new new ideas for new collaborations and new actions. And uh, outside of D.C., the, the real reason we focus on hosting these summits in communities across the country was because we and the vice president understood that the moonshot cannot be achieved by just one person or one organization or one state or even one collective approach. You know, people in their communities will have a much better understanding of the needs of the cancer community. And as such, we encourage each of these summits to really tell us what issues make the most sense. And so uh, collecting some of this feedback, some of the themes included, for example, putting the patient at the center of access and care. Mm -hmm. So that means ensuring that, you know, treatment is covered from diagnosis through the end of treatment or ensuring that there's greater trust between the patients and the doctors. Uh, Another was the need to understand the disparities in cancer care itself. Uh, For example, pediatric cancer is very different from adult cancer, Mm -hmm. and we need to really approach diagnosis and treatment as such. Uh, Other themes included how can we better share research? So, for example, how to better engage the the technology companies to leverage their knowledge and equipment? Uh, How do we focus more on clinical trials, which is something that I know you guys have really uh, emphasized, mm-hmm. uh, and also just how do we find new ways to finance cures for cancer, which Danielle mentioned uh, a little earlier. But again, the whole idea was just to show the political will, create these new models of collaboration, and, and really break down the silos mm-hmm. that can often occur in the cancer community. Yeah, terrific, terrific, great great goals, and it's good to hear those themes. Let's let's drill down a little bit, Annabella. Let me bring you into the conversation, and I, you know, I know, Annabella, you've been on the front line with with patients, both professionally and personally, um, for many years. So I know you're you know you're really somebody who can translate some of these policy discussions into you know impact for patients. And I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about some of the maybe standout announcements that were made on on June 29th, and and really what the potential is for patients and how those announcements have the potential to really impact patients and the patient experience. Absolutely, Kim. Thank you for asking. I would be happy to. I would also want to direct your listeners to the White House fact sheet that we released the day of the summit. It is available online, and it has 38 exciting initiatives and partnerships that did come together in direct response to the vice president's call for action um, to support the cancer moonshot. So as head of patient engagement, I'm especially grateful for how patient-focused and patient-directed many of these collaborations that came out of the summit were. Obviously, Cancer Support Community announced the recent launch of your educational series devoted to raising awareness about the importance of clinical trials. And I think that patient participation at all phases of clinical trial development is so important, and I think that this was really well emphasized at the summit. I would also encourage your listeners um, to check out CancerBase, which is listed on the fact fact sheet online. Um, CancerBase is a patient-powered online platform where patients can contribute information about their own personal cancer for the benefit of other patients with similar illness and for the benefit of science and researchers. Um, So that was a fabulous collaboration that emerged from the summit as well. But I really feel like all the announcements um, at the federal level and all the public-private partnerships um, that came from the summit 
are truly exciting and really highlight the strategies and efforts that will help us achieve our moonshot goal of doubling the rate of progress. That's great, um, Annabelle. I think a good good summary and an update. And you know, I know there are some folks that maybe have some concern because we are, you know, in the midst of a transition in the administration. Um, so, so I would ask you that moving forward from the summit and and these important announcements, you know, how, how do we as a as a community together working together? How can how can we track and report? progress on this? How how can we make sure things, you know, don't slip through the cracks? What is the government planning to do? What should we be doing out in the community to, you know, to make sure we're holding folks accountable and really tracking and reporting out on this progress? Absolutely, Kim. I think that that's a great question. And I think that in short, the organizations and the partnerships that announce collaborations at the Cancer Moonshot Summit as they continue to achieve key milestones in the work that they're doing, they will relate that progress to us and we will relate that to the public. Um, So on our end, we are just going to continue to track their efforts and lift up where their work is really achieving significant gains um, in cancer and in supporting the goals of the Cancer Moonshot. But really, kind of, you guys as as a patient advocacy group, you can hold us to task and continue to make sure that we are holding up our end of the work that we are trying to achieve through the Cancer Moonshot. That's great. Um, Ashwani, as we're moving towards our, our uh, break here, um, and, you know, I don't want to speak for you or others, but I certainly felt so much energy and momentum that day in Washington. And then, I, you know, I know people who attended our summits across the country um, felt, the, felt the same uh, energy and enthusiasm, and we want to continue uh, that momentum that was generated um, on the 29th. So to add to Annabella's comments, any way that we can continue the momentum, you know, call to action between now and the election, call to action, you know, beyond that to make sure we keep this top of mind because it is such a critical endeavor for patients. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to say that a lot of that energy and enthusiasm and momentum that happened that day was in large part thanks to organizations like yours, like the Cancer Support Community, uh, because you guys showed that this is not just, uh, you know, an effort or an initiative led by one organization or one city. This is a national movement. Uh, and that's really what the Cancer Moonshot's about. You know, it's how do we encourage millions of Americans to step up and seize the moment? Uh, and so Danielle mentioned this, but, you know, following our summits, each of our hosts submitted new ideas, new models of collaboration that occurred at their events. And so the next step for my purpose is really just to combine all these ideas and really help get the necessary resources together. Great, great. Well, I, you know, and as I said earlier, we're certainly at the Cancer Support Community committed to continuing this work, continuing the momentum. Some of our affiliates have even said, hey, you know, we want to do a, we want to do a follow-up event. We want to do a, a, you know, a follow-up summit, something in the fall, um, plan something for 2017 uh, to really, you know, keep keep track of the progress and, and continue to, re- to uh, report out to their, you know, constituents about the progress that we're making. Um, this is frankly speaking about cancer. We are talking about Vice President Joe Biden's cancer moonshot uh, initiative. Uh, we were uh, all a part uh, of a, a major summit that happened in Washington, D.C. Uh, at Howard University on June 29th and accompanying summits that happened across the country at our cancer support community affiliates, at hospitals, at cancer centers, in people's living rooms, around people's kitchen tables that day to really talk about what we can do to break down some of these barriers and silos and advance the rate of progress in the fight against cancer. Um, we've got three great guests with us today, Annabella uh, Aspiris, Danielle Carnival, and Ashwani Jane, who are really sharing uh, uh, their own uh, 
personal experience in the in the cancer conversation and their uh, incredible professional work that's happening as part of the Moonshot um, initiative. We've got a lot more that we want to cover on the show today and give you guys some more background and also some thoughts and hopes about where this is going. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. We will be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts, and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the AZI Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia. Cancer Care the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the health care process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. We're back with Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo, and today's show is sponsored in part by Bristol-Myers Squibb, NovoCure, and Taiho. Oncology. Our guests today are Annabella Aspiris, Director of Patient Engagement for the Cancer Moonshot Task Force, Danielle Carnival, Chief of Staff for the Cancer Moonshot Task Force, and Ashwani Jane, the Director of Outreach for the Moonshot Summit. Um, Annabella, the next question uh, for you. There's been a lot of discussion about um, increasing the focus on cancer research and prevention. Uh, you know, prevention is a, is a huge issue that people ask us about a lot and feel like a greater investment there could really save a lot of time and money. Can you explain how the Cancer Moonshot team will be focused on some of those issues? Absolutely. And Kim, I'll be honest, I'm grateful that you asked this question because sometimes I feel that in the excitement of promising breakthroughs like molecular genetic testing and proteomics and all those exciting words that you hear about, the message that we're really focused on patients living with cancer today can sometimes get lost. So like you mentioned in my, in my very gracious introduction, my role on the Cancer Moonshot with my background as a nurse and hospital administrator um, is to represent the realities of patient care and ensure that all of our work on the Cancer Moonshot is truly anchored to the patient experience. 
So thank you for giving me a question to talk about that. Um, In terms of improving care delivery, I think of this question in two ways. One, how can we make sure that quality oncology care reaches every cancer patient? And two, how can we improve services at the point of care to make the interaction between provider and patient more valuable, meaningful, and positive? So I think to that first idea, there are many cancer-centered and community hospitals that are doing amazing work, addressing cancer disparities, mobilizing community health workers and clinical navigators, and really bringing quality care to patients and not vice versa. So I see our job as lifting up exceptional work in these areas and then supporting efforts to provide these high-yield interventions at every medical center. I think to my second point, we do we can do a great deal of important work to improve the um, point of care experience by empowering patients to be drivers in their own health. Um, I feel like the work that you do with the cancer support community, organizations like patients like me, there are so many great groups that do work to bring cancer patients the tools that they need to ask the most important questions of their doctors or connect patients with other patients who have their same condition um, who can then offer them guidance and re- assurance through their own experience. So those are the two ways that I think we can really improve cancer uh, cancer care delivery through our, our efforts on the moonshot. And um, and Annabella, I, you know, I know that, um, and you know, you shared with us your own personal experience with cancer in your family and, and as a caregiver. And so, you know, I, again, you've been this nurse, you've been on the front line, you've been with patients with cancer and many, many other conditions, but does this Moonshot Initiative have particular meaning for you because of your own family story? I mean, the short answer, Cam, is absolutely. Um, and I think that the vice president says this all the time. It's personal for him, it's personal for me, but it's also personal for almost everyone in this country who is either directly or indirectly affected by cancer now or will be in the future, and that's just kind of the reality of the situation. So, yes, I am extremely grateful in honor of my mother who lost her battle to metastatic breast cancer. Um, I am, it, it is a truly an honor to be able to work on the moonshot effort and, and identify with those people who are going through the greatest fight of their lives and let them know that at this level, at the White House, um, the president giving this this task and responsibility to the vice vice president. This matters at this level as well. So yes, it's a true honor. But I will just reiterate that, like the vice president says, cancer affects so many people. So it's not just it's not about me. It's it's about all of us who are affected by it because there are so many. So kind yeah. of to bring that with me in the work that I do is something that I work to toward every day. Yeah, and I do I do think it makes it a, you know that that personal piece definitely makes it. Um, you know, a bit special and maybe, you know, helps you look at the work through a little bit of a different lens um, sometimes. Danielle, um, I, I mentioned in my introductions that you have a Ph.D. In, in neuroscience, and I know a significant part of your work um, on, on this uh, moonshot effort has been focused on the uh, research efforts around moonshot, how we can bring down silos, how government can collaborate with private sector, how we can collaborate company to company, uh, cancer center to cancer center. But can you put, shed a little more light for our listeners on what that really means and, and, and how, you know, what are some of the ways that we are going to accelerate uh, the work around, around research in this space? Yeah, thanks, Kim. I... I think what I have been in, in all of the opportunities I've had to speak to the research community and in, in thinking about how I would approach this from, from the bench or from um, the, even the clinical research side is what an opportunity uh, to do more, to do better, to move faster, to share with more 
um, share data with, with other researchers um, to move the field forward faster. So I think that the way that this lives on uh, beyond this administration, beyond the policies and new announcements and new activities, is if researchers are thinking differently about their work and thinking about how their work could impact a patient not 10 years from now or 20 years from now, but tomorrow. Um, I think we will be in an incredibly new and, and exciting place in cancer research um, that will bring results for patients faster. And Danielle, what about the importance of, of prevention uh, in cancer? You know, I know we've been talking a lot about how do we help the patient today who's battling cancer, or how do we bring cures forward more quickly for those who may be dealing with cancer today or may, may be diagnosed in the future. But um, what about the importance of, of a focus on uh, on prevention and on lifestyle change, uh, screenings, things like that. Is that part of the conversation? Yes, absolutely. Um, as as m- many as 50% of cancers can be prevented according to the statistics. So from the beginning, um, as I said, this, this has never been just a research initiative. Uh, we've really, the vice president uh, has focused on the full spectrum of, of how we help uh, how we prevent people from getting cancers in the first place and how we help uh, deliver the best treatments and care um, once once people find themselves in that situation. I think uh, prevention is a challenge. There's a lot we know, um, and there's a lot of um, things that require behavioral changes or um, understanding the environment better. Um, and so there's a lot of research still going on, um, but a lot of the work is with the community to understand behaviors and to understand um, how, how we can have preventative choices in our lives that, that could uh, help us not end up at the, at the diagnosis point. But a lot of it is also, um, and, and I know Annabella has been thinking about this and, and it's, it's centered to her work, a lot of it is about disparities in access to early screening and disparities in access mm-hmm. to health care more generally. So I think um, as part of the Cancer Moonshot, we are uh, building on an incredible amount of work this is, that this administration has done in the broader health care space through the Affordable Care Act and, and other initiatives, the Precision Medicine Initiative, thinking about personalized medicine and, and that, that has a huge impact on, on early screening and diagnosis as well. Um, so I think we've, the only way you can start an initiative in the final year of an administration is knowing that there are going to be people to carry it on uh, beyond you and knowing that you are building on an incredible amount of work um, and, and opportunity that has already taken place in the administration. So we, we, um, we're really fortunate to sit in that place as part of this effort. Yeah, it's just, it really is exciting. Just the elevated attention on this conversation at every level is, is um, certainly much needed. Um, Ashwani, uh, you know, in our observation, folks, young adults diagnosed with cancer um, are, are in so many ways an underserved population. Um, you know, we've had young adults tell us, well, you know, I don't want to be in a children's hospital with Mickey Mouse on the wall, but, you know, I'm not an adult. I don't kind of qualify there. Um in your own uh, experience, and again, you know, I think things have certainly improved. You were diagnosed, I think, if I do the math correctly, about 13 years ago. I think we've certainly, mm-hmm. Im- you know, improved in terms of addressing the needs of, the, of these young adult populations. But, you know, was it tough being diagnosed at that age? I mean, when you're 13, 14, 15, just being a teenager is hard enough, you know, and suddenly they tell you you have cancer. Was it tough being diagnosed at that age? And do you feel like care, surveillance, survivorship, do you think that the, you, have you seen those things improve even in the 13 years that? you've been watching this? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll start by saying, you know, as a teenager, I was, you know, 13 years old. Uh, I was a 
in the eighth grade and middle school, uh, it definitely changed my entire world. Uh, that's never something that you want to hear. And uh, I even remember, uh, you know, sitting in a hospital room uh, with my dad and my mom when the doctors first broke the news. Uh, and, you know, my parents uh, kind of in a funny way, they didn't really understand what was going on. So the doctor says, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Jane, your son has not Hodgkin's lymphoma. And my dad got up uh, relieved, said, oh, great, I thought it was something bad. And then the doctor <laughs> said, actually, yeah. sir, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's cancer. And, and that was really the first time that I saw my parents cry. Mm. Um, so it, it definitely changes the perspective, but also makes you really appreciate everything that you have. Um, and for my treatment specifically, you know, I was so lucky and fortunate that the doctors found my tumor at its early stages. Uh, and the treatment that I received was at Children's Hospital in Washington, D.C., and it was phenomenal. You know, my family and I really felt that we were given adequate support and assistance, especially by the nurses. Um, and I also felt like I was a real person. You know, sometimes, uh, especially when you're older, mm -hmm. I feel that some medical professionals can treat you just like another name on a piece of paper, you know, just another medical liability. They will talk about your condition with big fancy words and and sometimes even point at you like you're an animal in a zoo cage. Uh, mm -hmm. It's personally happened to me a few times, mm -hmm. especially as I got older. Uh, and I get it, you know, there's a lot going on, there's not enough time, and I, I still appreciate all the work that they do. But in my treatment at Children's Hospital, I really felt cared for and listened to. They really took the time to, to make me and my family feel hopeful even. Um, you know, even so much as to have their doctors dress up as clowns during their lunch breaks and perform magic tricks for each of us at our beds during the treatment. Mm. Um, you know, and, and that really goes a long way because yeah. you're not only for the patient and the family are you going through these treatments and these surgeries, but you're also going through this whole emotional roller coaster. And so as many times as you can feel that hope and feel like you're being listened yeah. to and cared for, it really goes a long way. And that's also why... Uh, I really appreciate the work that, uh, you know, you guys do at the cancer support community. Uh, and, and I just want to thank you guys for your efforts. Well, it's a it's an honor and a privilege to do it and to serve so many people with cancer across the country, adults, children, caregivers, you know, people with, with, uh, with all cancers. And we do see a lot of challenges, but we also do see a lot of hope and a lot of enthusiasm uh, and, and, and optimism in the, in, in the lives of these folks. So it's an inspiration to us. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're talking about the Cancer Moonshot with Annabella, Danielle, and Ashwani. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. We have more to discuss. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, 
The Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. We're back with Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo from the Cancer Support Community. Our show today is being sponsored in part by Celgene Corporation, EMD Serono, and Takeda Oncology. We're closing our show on the Cancer Moonshot Initiative with our amazing guests, Annabella Aspiris, Director of Patient Engagement for the Cancer Moonshot Task Force, Danielle Carnival, Chief of Staff for the Cancer Moonshot Task Force, and Ashwani Jane, the Director of Outreach for the Cancer Moonshot Summit. And his focus is very much out there in the community. Um, Annabella, we've recently launched, as you know, at the Cancer Support Community, an educational program called Frankly Speaking About cancer clinical trials, and one of the goals of this program is to dispel uh, many of the common myths surrounding cancer clinical trials. Uh, I think you mentioned earlier, really, that, that working to improve enrollment and retention in trials is a focus of the moonshot. Can you take a moment to talk about the focus there? Absolutely, Kim. Um, and as, as you know in your attendance at the, at the summit, clinical trials were a major discussion at the Cancer Moonshot Summit and continue to be a priority focus for, um, in our work. Again, I would encourage your listeners to visit the Cancer Moonshot Summit fact sheet, which is online, so that they can get more details. But to answer your question, much of the work inspired by the Moonshot that's being done to enhance clinical trial enrollment and retention focuses on bringing clinical trials deeper into the community care setting, improving the way that information about clinical trials is presented for both providers looking to enroll their patients as well as patients looking for themselves, and then also raising awareness about clinical trials and, like you said, dispelling myths around their purpose and how they're structured, um, which, again, we applaud you and cancer support community for doing. Uh, so this will, clinical trials will continue to be a focus of the Cancer Moonshot Task Force through the rest of the administration, and I am hopeful that we will continue to make additional progress. Outstanding, outstanding, and, and, and uh, you know, in our materials, we really do emphasize the fact that, unfortunately, only 3 to 4% of adult cancer patients participate in trials, uh, despite the fact that uh, statistics show that maybe more than 20% of patients could potentially qualify for a trial, and, and uh, really our, the, our drum that we're beating is that we're not going to make the, the progress, we're not going to see the innovations and advances if we don't improve the uh, rate of patient enrollment in clinical trials. And we one of the things we really emphasize in these materials is that we want patients to know that you will very, very likely not get a placebo in a cancer treatment trial. And I know a lot of folks think a clinical trial is, oh, you either get the treatment or the placebo. Really not the case in cancer treatment trials. Very, very seldom would you get a placebo in a cancer treatment trial, almost never. Um, and so we just want our listeners to know that and to check out our clinical trials materials at Cancer Support Community 
org. Um, as we get to the end of the show, um, it, the next question is one that I want to ask all three of you as we wrap up. Um, uh, you guys have been in the thick of this, and I know how hard you've been working, and you, you guys all really just dropped everything to jump into this. And it's just, again, it's been so um, impressive. And you've had really the chance to pull back the curtain and have an inside look uh, at a lot of different uh, aspects of the, you know, the ecosystem that is um, cancer. But I would love for each of you to share, and I'll start with you, Danielle, but uh, eye-opening experiences that you've had working on Moonshot these past few months or, or maybe a time that you maybe were a little surprised or maybe particularly inspired by what by the Moonshot, by what you've seen, what you've observed, what you learned. Um, Danielle, what, just what are a couple of those moments maybe that really opened your eyes a little bit wider? Well, working in this area, um, I think it's, it's difficult to limit to just one because the, the people that we've met and, and even just watching the vice president himself and his commitment and passion uh, for really making a difference has been um, really uh, inspiring and, and, and so amazing to watch. I think uh, what maybe surprised me the most and I think is, is why we're so hopeful about this initiative being uh, productive and, and lasting uh, beyond the administration is the willingness of the care providers, the researchers, uh, the physicians, um, and everyone um, that's a part of the cancer community, their willingness to, in addition to the very difficult day jobs that they have and, and the, the amazing um, long hours they put in uh, for patients and, and to drive forward research, uh, to want to be part of this, to want to do more, to want to contribute to something that, that may make a difference for patients sooner um, has really been um, remarkable and, and my favorite part of, of what uh, of my participation in this effort. That's great. Terrific. Annabella, any moments that, that particularly surprised you, kind of took you back a little bit or inspired you? You know, I'm going to have to piggyback off of Danielle and, and say that the most eye-opening thing for me has been just the sheer outpouring of support for the Cancer Moonshot. Um, I mentioned this earlier when I said that this this effort is not just about my personal experiences with cancer. I think the sheer outpouring that we're seeing really speaks to how many people are affected by cancer and how people at every level of society and government are willing to come together to really change the face of cancer as we know it. So that has been deeply meaningful for me. Yeah, it, re- it really is um, incredibly um, inspirational. Ashwani, how about you? Yeah, for me, uh, you know, the, the main moment was when I had people, regular people who just wanted to make a difference, email me what their experience with cancer was, and then sign up to host a summit in their community. Mm. Uh, because that effort makes them feel like part of a bigger community, and it makes them feel like they can really make a difference. And it also uh, made them, me especially, go from asking why did cancer happen to me to why not look at the impact that I can actually make. And the Cancer Moonshot really kind of summarized that and gave us a sense of purpose. And so just being a small part of that was uh, was inspirational. You know, um, Ashwani, I've, I've talked to some patients uh, around the country about this, and, and you know, we've got patients who... Um, you know, we've got patients who, who are dying today from cancer. We've got patients who are dealing with metastatic disease or in tough situations. And one of the things that, you know, that, that surprised me and uh, was how many of them said, look, Moonshot's not going to benefit me. You know, I'm, I'm sort of getting to the end of my, of my life. But I support it because it's going to help so many people in the future. Um, Ashwani, is that something you heard from folks or is that a sentiment that you feel that, that uh, you know, that one of the reasons folks feel excited about this? Because maybe not for me, but maybe in the future for others down the road, maybe even for the next generation. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what really inspires, you know, cancer survivors like myself and people who are going through it is, you know, not only are you going through this, but you realize that sometimes when you go through something this traumatic, you have an obligation to pay it forward and, and really help pave the way for others who might be experiencing it now or in the future uh, to really learn from the lessons that you're going through and, and, uh, and use your experiences to feel more motivated and feel more inclusive and feel like you are able to make a difference and really change the course of the cancer community. Yeah, and you know, I think we, we also hear that as a, as a motivator for folks to participate in clinical trials. I mean, folks say to us, well, uh, certainly I hope that I'm, I'm going to do better. I'm going to have a better treatment. I'm going to have a better outcome. Maybe this, you know, this trial is going to be the next best thing in cancer and maybe I have a chance to participate. But even if, even if it doesn't benefit me, that maybe I'm going to help advance the science just by participating in this trial. I'm going to help advance the science and, and I'm going to help advance uh, bringing better treatments and better cures to, uh, to, to others. And really that altruistic m- motivation I always find to be, um, very, very um, inspirational. I want to thank our guests today, Annabella Spiris, Director of Patient Engagement for the Moonshot Task Force, Danielle Carnival, Chief of Staff for the Cancer Moonshot Task Force, and Ashwani Jane, the Director of Outreach for the Cancer Moonshot Summit. You guys have been um, amazing. It's just nice to be able to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit on uh, on Moonshot and, and, and uh, kind of roll our sleeves up and learn a little bit more. I'm sure our listeners were really excited to hear this conversation. And I just want to remind our listeners uh, that uh, we at the Cancer Support Community want to make sure that nobody faces cancer alone. We have a host of free services in person, online, over the phone. You can visit our website at cancersupportcommunity.org to find a location near you. You can call our helpline if you want to grab a pen and a piece of paper. I can give you that number. It's uh, 888 888- Seven nine three nine three five five. You could pick up the phone right now and talk to one of our counselors. Thank you for joining us uh, for the show today. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Tebaldo from the Cancer Support Community. Until next time, be well, do well, live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america health and wellness channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericahealth.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management